Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. The word from the Lord. Going to be in the book of Daniel, chapter number six, and we're going to read the first three verses of chapter number six, and we'll dive into Uh, What it is I believe that God desires to say to our hearts on today. Daniel chapter number six, verses number one. The Bible declares that please Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them, three high officials of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps should give an account so that the king might suffer no loss Verses number three, the Bible declares, then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit. I love that the scripture declares because an excellent spirit was in him and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. We're going to pause right there. Father, now in Jesus' mighty name, I want to thank you, God, for uh, this opportunity to share the word of God with your people of God. I believe that you have called us in this time and this season, Lord God, to minister a relevant message, God, not just revelated, but a relevant message, God, to the people of God on today. Hiding myself behind the cross that men may not see, give honor, glory to Greg, but all glory and all honor goes to you, and it is in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody typed, amen. Uh, let's, let's dive into what it is, man, that God has been stirring my heart. As many of you guys know that we are in the midst of just kind of chaotic times across, across our nation, across the world. Uh, several months ago, COVID-19 was introduced to many of our uh, consciences and, and all of the craziness that's associated with that. Um, and it's continued to just in our state in particular, the numbers have continued to uh, rise, even with even with the encouragement of businesses to go back to business as normal with encouragement of entrepreneurs to go back to 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 work, so forth and so on. Um, we reached an all time high on Friday of over 400 new cases and we thought that that was amazing only to be surprised again on Saturday that we reached a new high all-time high of 439 cases and I must be honest with you as a as a leader as a as a community leader as a pastor as a father as a husband I've been seeking the face of God like never before because because I want to make sure that I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do concerning God's people concerning concerning my family concerning my sphere of influence on top of that, with, with, with the incident that happened uh, just a few days ago with, with Floyd and, and all the craziness that's associated with that, it's, it's been burdening my heart in a way like it, it's just been crazy for me. On last night, there was a drive-by shooting in my old neighborhood, and I was, I was wake, awakened with bad news of that. Somebody died and several people were injured, and I'm crying out to God like never before, like, God, what should we be doing as a people? What, what's going on right now in our nation, Lord God, around the world, around the community? Many of us are becoming fearful. Many of us are panicking. And I'm saying, God, what is the answer? And I want to share with you guys, my God, I, I want to I slow down because I don't want to rush through what it is I believe that God has placed in my heart today. I'm asking God, what is the answer in this particular hour? And God spoke to me, and I want to share with you, my friend, the very word and revelation 
that God spoke to me. I said, God, what is the answer? And God highlighted in my spirit on today that you are the answer. That's right. God spoke to me and he said that I have placed you, my son, as an answer in the earth. And I'm telling you today, you, you sir, you dear ma'am, God says today that you are the answer to the problems that are existing in the world today. I, I, I'm going to proof text quite a bit. Matter of fact, I'm going to proof text some points more than I'm comfortable with, but I got to drive home this idea that God planted in my spirit. In the book of Genesis, chapter number one, verses number 26, the Bible declares, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, to understand the power of verse number 26, you need to understand the context of chapter number one. The context, God introduces chapter number one with this thought. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God, with his bad self, said, let there be light. And guess what it was, y'all? There was light. And from day number one all the way to day number five, everything that we naturally see with our eyes, God made it. And not only did he make the heavens and the earth, he made it and then he filled it. He filled the heavens with the fowls of the air. He filled, he filled the earth with the beast of the field. He filled, that's right, even the seas with, with, with living animals there. But even after creating the earth for the first five days, God created an earth by the same time he created a problem. Because he had an earth, watch this, that was, that was growing and it would have grown out of control. So God raises up a man by the name of Adam to be a solution to the problem that he himself created. I want to help somebody in this place. Day number one all the way to day number five, God creates the earth. And if God doesn't, if God doesn't go to day number six to create man as the solution, the earth will grow out of control. So he raises up man in verse number 26 again. He says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Dominion is supreme rule, supreme authority. I need somebody to govern the earth. And man was the answer to the problem that existed in the world. Let me go just a little bit deeper. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter number one, verses number five, one of my all-time favorite scriptures, God speaks to this young prophet and he says to him, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That's right. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. I say this all the time that I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And just like he said concerning Jeremiah's life, he said concerning your life, before you ever got here, my son, I knew you. Before you ever got here, my daughter, I had already sanctified you, set you apart, and I had ordained you to do something great for me. In essence, he was telling Jeremiah, before you ever got here, son, I saw corruption happening in Israel. I saw some things that were going on, and I saw your birth as an answer to a problem that exists. If you're taking notes, my God, I want, I want you to type this out. You were created as an answer to a problem that existed prior to your birth. I want to I press pause there just for a second because I want that to marinate. You're not just here by accident or coincidence. You, you didn't just show up because your, come on somebody, because your parents got in heat. No, the devil is absolutely alive. You are here because God knew you would be here. And the reason he knew you would be here is because he sent you here as an answer to a problem that already exists. 
Here is the real issue that's going on in the body of Christ. Understand the scripture teaches that Jesus is the head and we are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head and you and I, we are the body of Christ. What are you trying to say, pastor? That simply means that you and I, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And if God is going to move in the earth, he's not going to do it out of heaven nor from heaven. But if God is going to move in the earth, he's going to move through you and I who are the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. And many of us, we've been praying for God to move. And many of us, we want to use God as if he's a ball where we just toss him over there to that situation. But in this hour, if sick, come on, somebody, is going to be healed. If people are going to be encouraged, if people are going to be saved, it's your hands, my friend. It's your voice that God is going to use. In this particular hour, you were created as an answer to a problem that already exists. Somebody just shout, I am the answer. Put that in the chat for me. I, I am the answer. That's right. That's right. You are the answer. God wants to use you. Watch this. Oh my God, to deal with some of the confusion that's going on in the earth right now. Now let me press pause just for a second because as you know, across our nation, across the world, man, that there are many cra crazy and chaotic things that are going on. And this is what the devil desires for us to do. He desires for us to focus on the symptoms of the problem instead of us ourselves becoming the answer to the problem that's going on right now. That's right. We want to complain about it. We want to bicker about it. We want to argue about it. We want to hate people concerning what's going on but the reality is the scripture declares that my eye have not seen my ear have not heard neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them but he has revealed look at what the scripture says my friend he says he has revealed them unto us by his spirit now understand that the Holy Spirit of God contains the answer to the to the problems of the world well the spirit of God lives within your human spirit that simply means that if there is a question if there is a problem you already got the answer on the inside of you and this is what the enemy wants us to do he don't want us to tap my friend into the spirit realm he wants us to focus on the issues that are going on he wants us to come in and give our opinion about things that are going on but he don't want you to tap into the spirit realm my God and begin to draw out of the spiritual realm the things that God has already given to us to solve issues on the earth today I wonder can you say amen right there somebody just type his praying time Yes, it's praying time. It's praying time. Watch this. Not complaining time, but it's praying time. What are you trying to say, Pastor McGee? Oh, my God. I just, I just, a thought just came to mind because too many of us, we use prayer not as the tool that God desires for us to use it as, but many of us, we simply just use prayer as a tool to anesthetize the pain that we're going through. I'm stressed out. I'm half suicide. I'm depressed. Come on, somebody. So I enter into my prayer closet, and after, after coming out of my prayer closet, I feel a little bit better now than I did before but I come to let you know if you're only using prayer as a as a sedative to anesthetize the pain that you're going through you've just, you hadn't even scratched the scratch of the surface of what God desires to do God wants you to use prayer as a medium come on somebody to tap into the spirit realm to get answers out of heaven come on somebody to manifest them on the earth I wonder can you say amen right there type it my God you were created as an answer to a problem that exists prior to your birth. I believe that the very things that I'm tempting myself to complain about, to throw stones about, come on somebody, I believe that God has called me, my friend. I believe, sir, he's called you in this hour as an answer. 
to problems that are going on right now in the earth. So here's my question. Here's my question. If, if I'm called as an answer, if I'm called, if you want me to truly to be your hands and feet to rectify some of the ills and some of the evils that are in the world today, here's the question that I have. How can I maximize my opportunity to serve? How can I maximize the opportunity to serve you in this hour? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to be popular. I'm not worried about that. I just want to be effective. <laughs> Popularity is not my goal. Effectiveness is my goal. How is it that I can maximize the opportunity that you are giving us? Because I, I want to talk to the body of Christ today because what we see happening around the globe today, hear, hear, hear the voice of this young man of God here. What we see happening around the globe today, we are not just complaining about it, but God says, I'm using you to do something about it. Oh, my God, another thought just hit the brain. That the, one of the reasons that the body of Christ, or many of the people in the body of Christ, are not doing what they could do is simply because we're, we're sitting back, waiting and hoping on Jesus to bust the cloud. Well, watch this. I should be waiting on Jesus. I should be anticipating his return, but by the same token, I should not use his return as a reason for me to abdicate my responsibility and not do what it is that I could do in the earth. The Bible declares that when Jesus return shall he find faithfulness upon the earth when he returns he wants to find us working and not chilling come on somebody waiting on his return so how my friend can I maximize the opportunity I don't want to just say I was here but I want to fulfill one of my mentors I've said it many times he tells me all the time Greg die empty and when he explained it to me he said when I'm when I tell you to die empty what I'm trying to convince you is understand that there are gifts talents and abilities that God has placed in your belly and don't you close your eyes for the final time my friend without fulfilling everything that God has placed in your spirit so again here's the question oh my God how can I maximize my opportunity to serve? And this is what God gave me. I, I was kicking it around. Just, just follow me just for a second. I was, I was thinking about this thing. How can I maximize my opportunity? I want to be effective, not popular. I just need to be effective. I need to be effective. How can I, how can I maximize the opportunity that God has given me to, to serve? First thing that came to mind is the favor of God. And I, when I look back over my life, I can see the hand of God upon my life in certain areas. And, and because of his presence, his favor, his hand of God being upon my life, it caused me to excel in certain areas. Watch, watch this. Not, not excel above other people. That's never the goal. But it's excel to do the best that, that I possibly can. So I see the favor of God. Um, another thought that came to mind, it could be my gifts. It could be the spiritual gifts that he's placed on the inside of my belly. If I would not only activate those gifts, but sharpen those gifts, just like the apostle Paul told his son Timothy to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. If I sharpen those gifts, if I stir up those gifts, maybe that'll cause me to maximize. Mm, I thought about the connections, even in this particular season, people that God is bringing across my path, people that I make connections, people that I have partnered with. These are the individuals that's going to help me to maximize my true potential. But no, 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 that, that's not what God showed me. And I want to highlight something in this text in the book of Daniel, chapter number six, verses number one through three. I want to highlight something. Watch this. The Bible declares it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. To be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one. To whom these satraps get, should give account. 
so that the king might suffer no <clears throat> loss. Now, now that's very, very powerful, that, fi- that last statement, that the king might suffer no, no loss. In essence, even the king understands the wisdom that people are answers to problem. And I put people in position to solve problems. Let me pause again for a moment. Stop complaining about stuff that God has called you to solve. So the king says, I have an issue in managing my domain. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to break the entire kingdom up into 120 cities. And I'm going to place a mayor over each city. And then I'm going to raise three governors up that's going to oversee all, the, all 120 cities, oversee all uh, uh, 120 mayors. And the scripture declares that Daniel was one of the governors, one of the three governors that overseen 120 satraps of mayors. Now, the question I have is, how did Daniel get there? If we look through the book all the way from chapter number one to chapter number six, it's pretty easy to see how the man of God got there. He had the hand of God upon his life. The favor of God was there with him. It's easy to see how Daniel got to this position because Daniel was gifted, man. The man could not only the man could not only give revelation, he can interpret dreams. He could tell you the meaning of the dream. As a matter of fact, you didn't even have to tell that Daniel would tell you the dream and then give you the interpretation. So the man of God is, is gifted. How did he get there? Because Daniel is well connected. One of the reasons he even got chosen to be in the training program because he was of the royal house of Judah. So he was well connected. But this next scripture, it blew my mind. Verse number three, watch this. He, he, was, he was selected, chapter number one, excuse me, verse number one, verse number two, he was selected because of the hand of God. He was selected because of his gift set. He was, he, was, he was selected because of his connection. The king says, I got a problem. I don't want to suffer loss. Let me put somebody in position who I see that the hand of God is upon their life. Let me put somebody in position that's gifted, somebody that's well connected. But something powerful happens in verse number three. I want to, I want to show you this. The Bible declared, then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials. The NIV says that he distinguished himself. Understand, it wasn't that something about him was so distinguishing. There's something that Daniel did on purpose to distinguish himself above all the other officials that the king says, I don't want to just make him uh, one of three governors, but I'm going to put him over the whole kingdom next to me because of this one thing. The Bible declares this then Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because here it is. Somebody type an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole, whole kingdom. Let, let me deal with that just for a moment. Let's define an excellent spirit. When I talk about an excellent spirit, I'm talking about an attitude. Somebody just type attitude. When it says spirit, it's talking about attitude. An attitude that causes one to be, to be their best and do their best despite external factors. I want to let that marinate for a second. Excellent spirit. It's an attitude that provokes one to do their best, be their best. Here's the key phrase. Despite external factors. Now, as I begin to just study this and unpack this, God began to reveal to me where I've been for the past couple of months. 
Because like most leaders, like most, you don't even have to be a pastor. You could be an entrepreneur, a business owner, whatever. When you came into 2020, my friend, you came into 2020 with high expectations, hopes, dreams that were going to be fulfilled by the end of the year. I came in there just like that. And then all of this craziness started happening around me. And it put me in a position where I stopped giving 100. Oh, God, let me go ahead and get to what it is that God told me to tell you because this is the thing that he told me. God told me to tell you, let go of special conditions for success. My God, God told me to tell you today, man of God, stop and let go of the special conditions that you have predetermined for your success. When I came into 2020, I, I felt that God was getting ready to do something great through myself, through this ministry. And one of the reasons I had that faith, that expectation, because I saw the breeding grounds of miracle. Come on, somebody. The environment that we came into 2020 with, it was conducive for revival. It was conducive, come on, somebody, for great manifestation. But as COVID-19 entered the picture, as all of these other parameters and distractions begin to enter the picture, my 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 confidence began to go down and because my confidence went down my expectation went down and when my expectation went down I stopped I'm confessing I stopped giving 100 and God had to reveal to me I'm disappointed in you son you know why I'm disappointed in you it's not because you haven't excelled above that brother or above that sister because in this particular season uh, it's not about you outdoing somebody else no it's about you giving 100 it's about you giving your best and this the position that Daniel was in he was gifted he was talented the hand of God was upon his life he was well connected but the thing that caused him to be promoted above everybody else was not the hand of God it was not his gift it was the Adam that he had that despite my external environment come on somebody I'm gonna give 100 and God says I'm expecting you in this hour to give me your best let me proof text this again John chapter number 20 verse number 24 I told you guys I'm I'm proof texting a whole lot more than I'm, I'm comfortable with I, matter of fact I really don't even like to do that I like to just take a script and just go down the script, highlight the nuggets, close it out, and we done. But there's a thought that God has highlighted in my spirit today that I want to prove to you in the Bible. In the book of John, chapter number 20, verse number 24, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. He's already appeared to his disciples, but Thomas got some issues going on in his soul. The Bible declares, now, now those, now, now Thomas, excuse me, one of the 12 called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. Jesus already came to the other disciples. Verse number 25 declares, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails and the place and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side. Watch this. I will never believe. Thomas set the parameter of faith based on external factors. And that's what many of you guys are failing at. You've placed your faith and confidence in God based on what you might see him do on the outside instead of believing in the spirit on what he said on the inside. Thomas said, I will not believe until this external criteria manifests. And some of us in that place right now, I'm telling you, God had to drag me out of that place and make and challenge me to believe again, despite the things that I thought were going to be in position in place for him to manifest his glory like I believed him 
like I believed him too. Let me go to another place. Isaiah chapter number 53, verses number one, concerning Jesus. The Bible declares, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall, he shall, speaking of Jesus, grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root, watch this, out of a dry ground. Concerning Jesus, the Bible declares, he is a root. Another translation says, springing up out of dry ground, Jesus enters the world in a time that it was not conducive for the Messiah to come because the leaders of that particular day didn't expect him to come the way he came. That's why he had so much fight on his hands against the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The environment was not conducive, but the Bible declares despite the external environment, he, Jesus, sprung up as a tender plant, even in a corrupt environment, even out of dry ground. And I'm telling the church of God, I'm telling the people of God today that God has, see, see what has already happened is that God has already spoken some strategic things into your spirit, some things that he desires for you to do. Matter of fact, help me to preach that point just for a second. And I just want you to type, there are things God wants me to do. Yeah, help, help me with that. There there are some things, I, I need, I need y'all to help me to preach this morning. Come on, Cynthia, I see you. Yeah, come on, AJ. Shania, I see you. Come on and type that. There are some things that God wants me to do. God spoke to me the other day, and there are some things that he challenged, watch this, he challenged Greg to do and not Pastor to do. There's some things that he told me to do that has nothing to do with EMCC. It has not. He didn't tell me to put the burden of that responsibility on the rest of the church. He told me to do it, and because he told me to do it, I must carry out his will. Come on, somebody. He has another assignment for the, for the body of Christ, but there's some, there's some strategic things that he told Greg McGee to do, and I've got to, I've got to do it. And, and what should have happened already is that God has already been speaking to you because you are the answer again concerning strategic things that he desires for you to do in this hour and this season. And I'm telling you right now, he told you to do it. And when he first spoke it to you months ago, it looked like it was easy to manifest because the environment was conducive. Well, for many of us, the environment is no longer conducive. I told God just a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, even in the midst of this pandemic, I don't want to just survive, but I want to thrive. And as I began to pray this prayer, he resurrected this message again to me. If you want to not just thrive, my son, but survive, you got to make sure that you have an excellent spirit. You, you got to make sure that you have an attitude to give your best despite external, external factors. The, the title of this series is Faithful Over a Few. Faithful over a few. I'm almost done. Matter of fact, I am done. Faithful over a few. The scripture teaches that if you will be faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. And there are many of you guys right now sitting back with solutions to problems. God is, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the body of Christ. I'm talking to the people of God right now because this is what God has graced all of us with. He graced all of us with a sphere of influence. There are people who you have their ear might be your household, might just be your children, your family. It's okay. They are people that have your ear. It might be just within your cubicle, within your department. It might be the company. You, you have a sphere of influence, and God has given the people of God strategy concerning the sphere of influence that you have. And many of you guys are hesitant 
stepping out on what it is that God wants you to step out on because you're looking at what you don't have. And I come to let you know today the devil is absolutely a lie. You have enough. You have enough. God, God spoke to me so clearly just a few days ago, and he said to me, continue to sharpen your gifts for the next season. Your gifts are as sharp as they need to be for this season. Sharpen your gifts for the next season. Keep preparing yourself for the next season. But you within yourself are ready enough to do what it is that God wants you to do right now. It's time for us to step out, people of God. It's time for us to be bold. Be bold about what it is that God is challenging us to do in this hour that's going to make a positive difference for this world. I heard, I heard one of my mentors say just a few days ago, he says that the church is the heart of the nation. The church. We are the heartbeat of this nation, right? America, America, the people of God. And we, uh, we spending too much time Yep, I'm going to say it. The heart of the nation is spending too much time complaining about the head of the nation. Because you can be head dead and still alive. But if the heart dies, everything shuts down. The church of God is the heart of this nation. The people of God. We, because we are in this country, America, we the heart of the nation. Don't worry about the head, what the head is doing. Don't worry about what the other hands and feet of this nation are doing. Again, if the enemy can get the heart to shut down, feet ain't got nowhere to go no way. Hands ain't got nothing to do no way. Head can't even think if the heart stopped. Heart, you better beat. Heart, you better beat. Church, you better beat. Church, you better do what it is that God has called you to do in this particular hour. Stop abdicating your responsibility. No, 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 no. Stop waiting on the support of others. If the support never comes, you better obey God. If people never validate you, you better obey God because God, at the end of the day, every last one of us, un understand, understand. Pa Pastor, Pastor Chris, he, I've heard his teaching on this, and, and it's, it's a thought that I've believed for many, for many years, but I've heard him teach it, and he teaches it the best concerning the last day, the judgment day. There are two, two forms of judgment. The first form of judgment will stand before God and he will open the book, the, the book. And the book is simply the book of life. It's, it's a singular book, the book of life. And it's either one or two, it's either one question. It's one question, is your name in it or not? Is your name in the book or is your name not in the book? If you're a believer like me, your name is already, your book, your name is in the book right now. You have eternal life right now. If you drop dead right now, my friend, as a believer in Christ, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I, I so believe that. If I close my eyes for the final time right now, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Praise God for that. But for the believers, there's a second judgment that all of us have to go through. The first judgment is simply is your name in the book of life. And that's real simple. Acknowledge Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You'll pass that first test. Here's the second test. Here's the second judgment. The second judgment, the scripture teaches in Revelation, the books plural, not books singular, books plural, open, and you are judged out of the books. The scholars and philo the Jewish and scholars, philosophers, they, they call this particular books.
the book of deeds, and they are recordings of your life. They, they are the recordings of your life, and you are judged out of what you have done with the time, the, tra- the talent, and the treasures that you had. Those are the three forms of judgment. We see that in Matthew, time, talent, and treasure. God said, I give you, I've given you time. I've given you talents. I've given you giftedness. I've given you treasure. I've given you resources. What did you do with the time, the talent, and the treasure? Don't be like a lot of people are doing right now where they're using great excuses not to do anything for God. The devil is absolutely a liar. Because you and I, my friend, we will be judged based on the time God gave. What did you do with the time? This, this is not a fear te- technique. This is not a, no, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to prepare you. Because there are some of you guys, you'll walk away from this message and you'll say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. I'm, I'm, I'm motivated. I'm, in, I'm inspired to give 100, to have an excellent spirit, to, to go after God hard despite, watch this, the external factors. And then there's some of you guys that say, well, I'm just going to do what I can. I just want to make it in. My, 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 my friend, you don't want to do that. God's going to ask you, what did you do with the time that I gave you? What did you do with the talents that I gave you? What did you do with the treasures, the resource that I gave you? I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. This last proof text again, I want to give you. In Matthew 25, 15, Jesus tells a story of a master. He goes away on a journey and he leaves talents, treasure with three servants. The scripture declares to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. This is the powerful part. He gave one five, he gave another two, he gave another one. The Bible declares he gave them talents, he gave them resources to each according to his ability, then he went away. In essence, he gave him what, he was, what they were able to handle. So the one with two talent couldn't complain against the one with five. The one with one couldn't be jealous of the one with two. God gave you based on what he saw you were able to handle. But here's the good news. When you get down to the rest of this story, the one with five doubled it to ten. The one with two doubled it to four. And the summation of the story is this theme. If you are faithful over few, then I make you ruler over many. Oh, God, help me. The one with one, he didn't do what he should have done. And he got even that one taken away with him. And there are many of you guys that are saying, oh, God, if you go ahead and give me the 10 now, I'll be a better whatever. When God says, prove faithful with the five first. Some of you say, I only got two, but, but if, God, if God give me four, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I serve God for real. Then if he give me. Be faithful with the two. I want to challenge the body of Christ right now with the level of revelation that you have, with the level of gifting that you have right now, with the level of understanding of the strategy that God has already given to you. If you, my friend, will prove faithful over where you are right now, if you have an an excellent spirit, you mean excellent spirit, if you'll make the choice to do your best, not be the best, not my goal. (laughs) I'm far from the best anywhere but I've made a decision that I'm gonna give my best do my best be my best 
despite of the external factors around me. I was, I, was telling, I was telling a young man a few days ago, I was saying that oftentimes God and, and fathers and mother figures have to either threaten us or reward us to get us to give 100. So, so I, I, I throw something out there as a potential opportunity to reward you in order for you to actually do what you know you're supposed to do anyway, or sometimes God or sometimes people use threat tactics to motivate us. Well, when you have an excellent spirit, I don't need threats, n- neither do I need rewards because I made a choice despite external factors, I'm going to give 100 to God. Is that anybody's testimony? If that's you, say that's me, Pastor. Come on, put it in the chat. Starting today, that's me, Pastor. I ain't been giving 100. I hadn't been doing my best. I hadn't been giving God my best. Some of you guys don't go to, go to sleep early enough to give God your best. Yeah, 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 yeah. You wake up in the morning, you're too tired to do anything. But starting today, Pastor, I'm making a choice to give 100. Let me pray for you guys today because there are several of you people I want to pray for, several of you people on, 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 on live today that I want to pray for. Number one, you're in a position where you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So even if you decide to give your best, who gets credit and who gets glory out of it? You're just becoming a better person. And, and you have to be careful with, with me as a teacher, and I am a teacher. That's, who, that's one of the offices that I hold in the body of Christ as a teacher. And the things that I teach they can be applicable to, to anybody in any circumstance. I'm telling you that they can. But it really matters for the body of Christ, for those individuals who are connected to Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, what does it really matter if you become a better person and you still are lost in the end? No. Let me give you the best reason to give 100. Because you've fallen in love with Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God is pricking somebody's heart right now. Right, right now, it's happening. This is what I love about preaching. I'm just a mailman. I deliver the package. God knows what the content is, and he, he revelates that content to your heart. And while I was ministering, there was somebody, maybe you heard about Jesus as a little boy or a little girl, and, and now this thing is coming. This is more than just a story that I heard in Sunday school. God is pulling on my heart right now, and I want to give you an opportunity, my friend, to bow your knee, to bow your knee to Jesus Christ. The Bible declares that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, but have everlasting life. God, God wants to save you now. It's real simple. As Acts says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Won't you just type it right now? Save me, Lord. Save, save me, Lord. Just that simple. Just that simple. With a sincere cry, save me, Lord. Then there's somebody that's watching me now. You're hearing my voice right now. And God is saying to you, prodigal son, wayward daughter, I want you to come home. Enough of trying to do life by yourself. You're better than the hog pen that you're living in right now. The devil is absolutely a lie. I want my, I'm not mad with you. I'm, madly in lo- I'm not mad at you, but I'm madly in love with you. I'm waiting on you to come home, son. I'm waiting on you to come home, daughter. If you will confess your sins, the Bible declares that God is faithful and just to not only forgive you, cleanse you of all unrighteousness. How powerful is that? When the prodigal son comes home, the embrace of God was enough to show that the father forgave him. But then he cleaned cleaned his son up and he threw him a banquet. 
And that's what God wants to do to you today, my friend. God wants to not only just forgive you, but God wants to cleanse you of all unrighteousness and restore you, not just back to where you were, but God's restoration is so powerful, it's mind-blowing. Whenever you fall away and God restores you, he doesn't restore you back to where you were, but God restores you to the point that you would have been had you never fallen. And I'm telling you today, sir, that's what God wants to do in your life today. Father, now in Jesus' name, Ah, my God, touch that man of God today. Touch Sally today. I don't even know who Sally is, but I hear that name in my spirit. Touch that woman of God today. Move, move, move. Somebody's coming home. Somebody right now is confessing you, Jesus, and they're saying, I want to be saved. There's somebody that's saying, Jesus, I'm on my way home now. I'm on my way home. I'm, 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 I'm confessing and I'm asking you to restore me, not back to where I was, but God, don't, don't just make me a servant in a house, but restore me to the place I would have been had I never fallen away. God is doing that right now. And for the rest of us, God, we're making a choice in this hour. There's so many problems. There's so many situations. There's, there's so much chaos in the world today. And we choose not to complain about what's going on, but we choose to be the answer that you're calling us to be in this hour. God, we're going to give 100. We're not going to strive to be the best. We're going to strive to do our best in whatever it is you've called us to do and to be. I bless you. I thank you. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. Come on and put those hands together. Give me high fives. Give me fist bump. Love you guys so very much. What a word on today. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Amen. Come on and bless the Lord for the word Thank on you, today. Jesus. Truly, it was a good word. Amen. That we can chew on, meditate on throughout this week. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to give God my best. I want to do my best. I want to be my very best. Absolutely. Amen. The very best Irene McGee that I can be. Amen. 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 We love you guys so very much. At this particular time, for those of you guys who desire to give, uh, to sow seed in this ministry, and I just want to thank you personally as, as your pastor from the bottom of our hearts Amen. that so many of you guys, despite, despite not able to meet in person, you guys have been faithful and consistent Amen. in your giving so that we can continue to do what we do as a ministry. And I want to thank you from the bottom of our heart. Amen. And I want you to know that it doesn't go unnoticed in heaven watch this it doesn't go unnoticed on earth nor in heaven can amen. somebody say amen to that amen. so you'll see on the screen there um multiple ways that you can give into the ministry and to be a blessing amen, amen. any other thoughts sweetheart no we will see you next sunday evening uh i'll send out a message uh and i'll have a flyer well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.